right. This is Wet Drops episode three. Welcome, my teardrops. That's what I'm calling the people that listen to these, my my fans that I have none of. We're gonna call them teardrops. <laughs> That's pretty clever. <laughs> and, and I'm Ren. We are hosting with co-hosting with Ren, who has her own podcast and her own site called Ren on Paper. Hello. Hi. How you doing? Oh, tired, dehydrated, you know, broke, <laughs> the usual. Yeah. You know what? I've been listening to other people's podcasts. Today, we're for the podcast, guys, we're going to get into comparing Twitter, Parler, and Mastodon. So, microblogging sites. But you know what? I was listening to a podcast, like podcasts, last couple nights. And I'm not saying that mine's any better than anyone else's, but, you know, I listen to these podcasts, and these people are just so fucking monotoned. It's just like... It's it's just like a drone that just puts you to sleep. What do you think? Uh, sometimes it is, yeah. The ones that keep my attention best are the ones that aren't, so... How do you know if you're allowed to swear on podcasts? Maybe I don't get on all the platforms and stuff like that. But, you know, I swear in real life all the time. I'm going to swear on my podcast because, I mean, well, fuck it. It's my podcast. <laughs> and I just, I find the ones that I listen to, I was listening to this one on Linux, and it was just so monotone. Like, the guys know what they're talking about on the podcast. Jesus Christ, I mean, could it be any more? It's like listening to a professor, you know, giving you a lesson in, in the classroom, you know? It's just, God, it's just so cut and dry. Well, let's see what you can do. You you have a pretty good voice for podcasting, so I have pretty high expectations. I have a, I, I'm good for podcasting because, you know what, I can piss people off. I say a lot of crap. <laughs> But hey, so that's me in real life. So today we're going to be talking about Twitter, Parler, and Mastodon, microblogging sites. So the first one up, you know, is Twitter. Uh, Twitter was made, it was formed in, let me see here, I'm trying to pull it up now. 2006, it was actually founded by three guys, and the person you always hear about now is Jack Dorsey who's a total left-wing cuck. Uh, he's a total asshole. Jack Dorsey, he, he looks like a homeless hippie. Noel Glass, and a guy named Biz Stone. And apparently this other guy named Evan Williams uh, was involved in it too. But it came out in 2006. And I remember the first time, like, did you ever, you, have you ever been on Twitter, Ren? Uh, just a little bit. Um, it, it was okay. You're right, it is micro, and I'm a little bit deeper than that, so uh, I was only on it for a little bit. I just found, okay, the first time I was on Twitter, this is back in the day when, when it first launched, within the first year or two, whatever, I don't remember exactly. And Twitter, back then, it's even worse than it is now because nowadays I'm, I made another account and I had an account actually I just tried one like a week ago and I got banned on like my first my first post 
It was to promote this podcast. So if you people gonna want to go look it up, it's it's at wet underscore drops. And I made one post, my very first post, was linking to this podcast. And they banned my, they suspended my account, saying it was spam, and it's just, it's been suspended ever since. So, Jack Dorsey, go fuck yourself. Okay, now that we got that out of the way, the first, uh, the first time, you know, the, when I went on there, nowadays when you go on Twitter, you go on there and it gives you, it, it has a little bit of an intro, and it says, you know. What are your likes? You know, some interests, and it starts throwing some crap at you, and it starts throwing you know a few people at you and whatnot, and it tries to get you, get your feet wet, get you into Twitter, and try and get you going in it a little bit, and it's still awful. But back in the day when I tried it, when it first launched, you know, uh, there was nothing. You literally loaded Twitter, and I remember the first time I tried it. I open up Twitter, there's an interface, no suggestions who to follow, no nothing, just the interface. So you're sitting there and it's just so poorly, just piss poor design. I'm sitting there like everybody else when they first try Twitter, I'm like, what the fuck am I, what is this? Like, how am I supposed to, there was nothing like Twitter before, so you're trying to sit in there kind of trying to figure out what the hell is Twitter? What are you supposed to do? And I remember the first thing is that you could look people up, right? So I looked up the celebrity, the celebrity name Michelle Trashtenberg. I thought she was pretty good looking at the time. I looked her up and, you know, started following her. And I think I was on Twitter for a grand total of like four days. No, not four days. I think I was on there for like a day, maybe, maybe 48 hours. And you know, I'm looking at Michelle Trashtenberg, and she's a total, like, makeup diva queen, which turned me off almost immediately. All the people she followed were all fashion fiestas, you know, divas. That didn't interest me. And I couldn't really, you know, Twitter didn't open up for me. I I couldn't find anything I was interested in in Twitter because it was so inherently bad to use. It just wasn't any fun. So, within two days, I was like, fuck this, this is garbage. Closed my account, closed my account, sorry, and walked away from it. How long were you on Twitter the first time? Do you remember? Me? Uh, yeah. Um, I, I still have the account, but I haven't used it in months. Um, it, it took a long time for me just to figure out what I was supposed to do. I know it has the hashtag stuff, but it's still not real intuitive to me. Uh, I found a few people to follow. Uh, that was kind of neat because they would type in, you know, like one sentence. Right. And so it was cool to hear from and, you know, famous people. But I really just couldn't get into it or understand how to find people that... Right. It's, it's not intuitive, right? No, it's not at all. You just sit there and you're like, well, what the hell am I supposed to do? Or how does exactly this work? Or how do I find what I want to find besides hashtags? And you just, it, it turns a lot of people off. Like Twitter to this day, right now only has 300 million users. And that is a lot. It's almost the population of the U.S. But actually it's just under because the population of the U.S. is like 385 million. But compared to other social platforms like, uh, like Shipbook, 
uh, Facebook has two billion users, and the reason that Twitter's never gotten any bigger, and the reason it's always been a company that loses money, is because it's just it's hard to get into. It's hard for people. It has a very high, very hard. It's hard to just get into when you first open it up. And most people, when they use something, they open it up within, you know, it doesn't take someone long to go, you know what, I like this, or you know what, this is garbage. And a lot of people jump in Twitter, they sit there for a few minutes, they're not having fun, they're like, you know what, I don't get this. They turn around, they close it, they delete the app, forget it, they've lost another person. Right? Well, there's so many, there are so many things uh competing for our attention that if you don't get pulled in within 15 seconds of something you walk away exactly and it's it's compounded by the fact that we're bad enough in our generation but the younger generations because of things like twitter because of things like facebook because of video games and them being bombarded with so much information all the time all around them they have the intent they have the attention span of a of a gerbil so if you don't get their attention and you don't get them hooked immediately within 15 20 seconds their history they're gone yeah yeah so the second time i i tried uh, twitter this was actually my third time trying twitter which was with wet drops my second time i got onto twitter and i you know i can't remember to this date why the hell I bothered going back? I still think about this to this day. Like, why the fuck did I even go back to Twitter? I have no idea. I can't remember why. What possessed me one day to download the app again onto my phone, launch Twitter, and try it. But I did. And I was on there and I found some really cool people. I found I had like eight to ten good really friends. And we used to talk all the time. And that's when Twitter came into its own for me was I had a small group of people that I talked to all the time and we were almost like it's almost basically it was like a chat room where you you talk to each other not in real time like a chat room but almost real time where you left messages for each other and when the other person got a chance they'd hop on and respond and it had that community feel with with friends and by this time, not like Twitter earlier, everyone and their fucking pet dog has a Twitter account. Like everybody has a Twitter account. Your gas station has a Twitter account. Your grocery store has a Twitter account. Your hairdresser has a Twitter account. Everybody has a Twitter account. So it made it a lot more fun because I could find stuff like, you know, like on Guild Wars 2, I could find stuff on Heroes of the Storm, I could find stuff on World of Warcraft, I could find stuff about things that I wanted to know about, I could find stuff about Linux, I could find stuff about open source. I, anyone that I wanted to follow was on there. Anything I was into, I could find, you know, in a, in a hashtag, and I could find stuff, or trending stuff, like the latest movies, and go see you know, put in the hashtag for the latest movie, like Star Wars, and, you know, look at the conversation that was going on, and you can join all these thousands of people talking about it and start leaving messages and just jump into it or just sit there and read about it, right? So, second time was actually pretty good. So, 
the all the upsides of Twitter. Um, and I remember actually trying to get Ren into Twitter because we were talking about art. And I remember you joining Twitter and I was telling you, you know, like put in the hashtag art to see what com- comes up. So you could look art and look at art and stuff, didn't I? Yeah, you did. Yeah, I gave it a try. Right. But you went on there long, right? No, I, I just couldn't. I just, I'm introverted and I like wide, conver- uh, deep conversation, not just skittering across the surface of lots of topics. I like to have a deep conversation and it, I just wasn't finding it there. Mm-hmm. And I remember you threw your, you were, you were on Twitter and you threw your phone a couple, a couple times because you were, you were upset, weren't you? Could be. <laughs> <laughs> Could very well be. <laughs> bad temper, folks. Uh... Just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'll pay for this offline if I don't rectify that. <laughs> so, anyway, that was the that was the upsides of Twitter, and you know we're gonna talk about the good and the bad of each one. So, that was the good sides of Twitter. Now, the bad sides of Twitter is that Twitter is almost all social media right now is completely left wing biased, and Twitter and Facebook are by far the worst culprits of the two and actually YouTube is really bad now too so when I was on there you know like right now okay they're on there and Twitter is censoring well they've been doing it for four years censoring the president of the United States of America can you like can you fucking believe that he'll tweet something and they'll be like this is a disputed comment or this is fake or They'll, they'll put a little a little tag on there and, and dispute and say stuff about what he's tweeting and whatnot, right? And you know, it, it blows my mind that we're to the point in a society now where a company can, in real time, criticize and quote-unquote fact-check a president, which has actually been shown to be complete total bullshit because people doing fact-check are biased assholes. It's kind of like the police who's policing the police. And it's just total crap. But I mean, you're in real time, you're having these people criticize the, credison, the, the president, censor him, doing all this stuff. And the worst part I find on top of that is that you look at the comments the people leave, for, just for example, President Trump, because he's a controversial figure. But this is for everybody, right? These people leave comments like, fuck you, Trump, and I hope you die, and not my president, and go to hell, Trump, you're a loser, and all this other stuff. I'm like, Jesus Christ, like, look at this stuff. Like, they're not even, they're saying stuff they would never say to this guy in real life. And this guy is the president of the United States of America. Whether you like him or not, he's the leader of the free world. And they're talking to him, they're just talking to him like, total shit, being assholes, showing no respect, and I mean, the, can, can you imagine that, like, that's the point society's got to, where people will just get online in real time, censor a president, trash the president, say all kinds of crap about him, and it's there for, I guess, you know, it just bothers me that it's gotten to this point where there's no respect for anybody or anything at this point, right? I have a question for you. When he, when he decided to get on there, do you think he was aware that that could happen? And do you think it bothers him? I mean, 
if that happens mm. all the time, do you think he's surprised? No, you know, no, he's not surprised. Trump, by nature, is a controversial figure. I mean, he 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 lives to make controversy. He l- literally says stuff just to get people going, or to piss people off, or, or to get publicity. I mean, that's just the way he is. That's he is he's an entertainer. That's what he's he's been an entrepreneur entrepreneur and an entertainer before he was ever a president. And that's what he likes to do. He likes to stir the pot. He knows how to get attention. That's why his name is in the media news cycle 24-7, day in, day out, week after week, month after month, ever since he became president. Because he's always saying outlandish shit. But if you look at what President Trump says and what he does, it's actually two vastly different things. If you ignore all the stupid crap that he says on Twitter to get attention, and you look at what he's done, first of all, he bring all the he bring all the troops home from Christmas. He's actually accomplished peace in the Middle East, and he's got Palestine and Israel to get together and stop fighting. Uh, he he stopped illegal immigrants coming into the USA, or as much as he can. He's actually trying to stop them. Period. And by building the wall. Now, I'm not saying the, the wall works or it's good. I mean, it's, he's trying to build a fucking wall along the, the second biggest unguarded border in the world, which is kind of silly. But he's trying to keep illegals out. And, you know, and on top of that, you know, his whole slogan, you know, like, make America great again, he's putting Americans first. And I, in my lifetime, have never seen a president even openly say that they're going to put Americans first. And what pisses me off is that every other country in the world will say, you know what, we're putting up our interests first, right? But as soon as America does it, and America puts their citizens first and puts themselves first, also, no, they're the great Satan, the evil empire, the bad guy. Like, you know what, fuck you guys, you're hypocrites. The America should be putting themselves first. Because you should be taking care of your own citizens before you're trying to take care of everybody else. And when you do that, people shouldn't, you know what, even if they're mad at you, you you have the right to do that. And President Trump has blatantly said, you know what, I'm putting the American people first. Just like this thing that's going through the news right now for the second biggest relief bill in history, for the COVID bill. And the Americans were only supposed to get $600 each. Whoopee, 600 bucks. You can't even pay rent with $600. You can maybe get groceries if you're lucky, depending on where you live in the States. And like, that's it, 600 bucks. And then President, this was $1.3 trillion bill that they were going to pass. So then it gets sent up and Trump goes and he reads the bill and he goes to veto it. And he says, you know what, this is bullshit. We have all this stuff in this bill that's all garbage. Like they're giving to uh, $10 million to Pakistan for gender studies. And they're giving uh, $10 million and another $15 million to Pakistan, or not Pakistan, uh, Iran and Kuwait for helping their border patrols and all this other stuff, right? And he says, you know what, this is a lot, like, this is packed with so much garbage. And you're giving, you're handing out our money left, right, and center to everybody for all these stupid reasons that no one even cares about. And then the American people are only getting $600 each. 
like the ones that are one the ones that are getting the least are us but you know what everyone else is getting our money how come we're not getting our money so he turned around and he said you know what i'm demanding that every u.s citizen instead of getting six hundred dollars gets two thousand dollars and that's what they're doing right now they're changing it so americans get two thousand dollars each instead of six hundred and that wasn't because of the democrats or anybody else that was because of president trump republican who is not a politician he's an outsider and he's looking for he's looking out for the american people and he's saying you know what 600 bucks is a slap in the face when we're giving out 1.3 trillion dollars to everybody else how come we're taking all of our american taxpayers money and we're giving it to everybody else but the americans right yeah so 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 why do you think he wanted to have a twitter account so so the reason i'm saying that is that what he says and what he does is vastly different and on twitter he knows that he can he can rile people up he can say stuff but the reason he main reason he went on twitter was because the left the the mainstream media is completely biased It's, it's total crap especially it's all left-wing controlled okay like twitter facebook and uh twitter twitter facebook and and to a point youtube now anyway he said well i'm gonna use twitter because you know what i don't even have to i can go straight to the people and i can tell them exactly what i want to say word for word uncensored and do it real time and bypass the entire mainstream media so that they can't censor me uh, so that I can actually say what I want to say, and it gets out to millions of people. His Twitter account has 80 million followers, like 80 million people. Not, not even that's not even counting retweets. So if he says something, 80 million people read it, and if they all retweet it just once, that's eight. That's 160 million people. That's more people than they're ever ever going to see it on CNN or Fox News or anyone else. I mean, that's just 80 million viewers on his Twitter account versus I don't even know if those networks hit like a million viewers a night. It's crazy, right? And on top of that, it's free. It doesn't even cost him anything. So I think that he was aware of the comments, but I think that also Trump, he knows that he's stirring the pot for attention. So I don't think that he really cares about the comments. I don't think that he reads the comments. I know that he follows people. I think, let's just say, for example, he he follows only 20 people. I think what he does is he completely ignores everyone that says anything to him on his Twitter account. But he just reads what those other 20 people post that he follows and he might say something to them. Hmm. Okay. So, I mean, he's known as Twitter president. It's amazing. He took, it's, it's amazing for a guy that's his age. I think he's 74. 74 anyway he took social media and mastered it like like a millennial would and he totally just used it he was way ahead of his time for using that kind of tech you know as a as a candidate as a president to get his message out he just totally leapfrogged everybody just amazing (laughs) so um other yeah but anyway twitter they censored they censored people they shadow ban people. Shadow banning, what that means is that they'll actually go and if you say something that they don't like, they'll actually make it so it appears in your timeline, but they'll actually 
shadow ban shadow ban it or delete it which means that you only see it in your timeline and you think everyone else is seeing it but they don't it's actually gone it's not even there wow it's called shadow ban and this isn't you know this isn't uh tin pot conspiracy bullshit or anything else it's it's just common knowledge go 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 look it up don't google it because google's garbage but go use duck duck go and go look it up right so that's shadow ban now on top of that they have huge left-wing biases, so they sent they censor the, the the president. They're always, you know, suspending, muting, shadow banning Republicans, people that have right-wing ideas or right-wing expressions, and it, it's just turned into a a, uh, a total censorship platform. And that's one of the that's the reason I left. I was sick of it. I was sick and fucking tired of being on Twitter. And you have one-sided argument represented but the other side of the argument which is you know the left has their say but the right is completely shut down there you're not allowed to speak if you say anything that we don't like all of a sudden guess what your account suspended by and you're not allowed to you're not you're not allowed to have your part of the conversation just like cnn cnn doesn't have any republicans on their news at all they only have left-wing you know uh left-wing guests and left-wing commentators it basically turned into cnn you only have one voice and it became an echo chamber for the left so censorship being banned also on top of that you have it's also an own it's also worth actually it's worth one can't remember it's worth like 4.7 billion dollars now so i mean you have people that have vested interests you have you have investors you have owners ceos everything else I mean, Twitter's bought and paid for. It's no longer what it was when it first started. It's just, it's a, it's a bought and paid for garbage platform. Okay, that's Twitter. So, uh, then we go to, I mean, the second one I'm going to hit now is Parler. Parler came out in 2018. It is a microblogging and social networking service launched in 2018 uh it has a, a it has a significant user base of right of, of trump supporters conservatives and also conspiracy theorists and right-wing extremists it, it, it turned into basically parlor was born out of twitter what happened was people on twitter that were not just not people that are right-wing extremists but anyone else just conservative those just republican was sick of being banned, suspended, or being told to shut up on Twitter. And it literally, you know, like one force hits another and you know, cause and reaction, it gave birth to Parler. And Parler came out in 2018. And it got 10 million, it's got over 10 million users already. And it got something like, uh, I think, 8 million of those within the last year. Especially because of, you know, the, the, the 2020 elections. And so I tried Parler. And like I'm gonna be like I said, I'm gonna be fair about it. I tried it, I installed it. I'm using Parler, but I find Parler okay, so the thing about Parler is that you know, I was on there checking it out. And it's like Twitter, you get on there and it tells you, it suggests some people that you can follow, right? But it's all these, it's all politics. It's all these right-wing people, you know, Tucker Carlson and 
uh, all these other people, right? And uh, I tried it, and it, you know, the interface is kind of, it's just, the, the, the interface needs to work. They don't have an open API like Twitter, so there's not second parties making apps for the iPhone or for Android or anything else. It's just their API. It's closed source, so only they make it. And, you know, it's, it's actually kind of garbage. It doesn't run very well on my phone. <laughs> my phone is fucking ancient. And that's thanks to Ren. Ren's actually uh, shipping me a new phone. Right? Yeah, yeah, you should have it any day. Yeah, and I have an iPhone 5. It's ancient. It doesn't run that well. It run, runs like crap. You know, the, the Parlor app. Even though other apps, like for uh, Mastodon and Twitter, actually run very smoothly, the, the Parlor app runs like garbage at, at best. It runs pretty good on my iPad because I got a new iPad. I got the iPad 4 Pro for doing artwork and stuff like that and and social social media but on my iPhone the, it's absolute garbage. You might as well just have a pencil and crayons. <sighs> so let's see. Yeah, Parlor, you know, I got on there and I'll be, you know, at first oh, Parlor is different than Twitter. Its whole shtick is we don't censor and they don't uh, they don't censor people they don't ban people they have pretty much little to no rules under the guise of free speech right so they don't allow uh, you know the usual shit like uh, like pedophilia and you know like crime and rape and all that stuff but you know barring the extreme stuff like that and everything else is pretty much uncensored. So you can go on there and you can talk about whatever you want. And you don't have to worry about being banned. So in that regard, it's actually pretty good. And, um, but I got on there and I found that, you know, even though I hold conservative views, that it's just, it, it's, it's, it's a fucking echo chamber. It's just an, it's just an echo chamber of politics, of, well, mostly American politics because it's mostly Americans on there. But it's 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 an echo chamber of politics, and you know the one thing I have to give Twitter is that you know there's a lot more diversity on there. You can't. Uh, it's hard to find anything on Parlor that's not politically related or people that are political. So if you want to look up art, or you want to look up Guild Wars 2, or you want to look up ArenaNet, or World of Warcraft, or Blizzard, whatever, it's a lot less of it there, if any, and so it just kind of turns into this, you know, echo chamber for politics, and I don't really, I, I, I don't really like it that much for that simple fact that, you know, when you go on there, Unless you're going to be talking about politics, it's not really it's not really a lot of fun. You know, I don't think you've ever you've ever tried uh, Parlor yet. Have I you? I have never even heard of it until you mentioned it. <laughs> oh, yeah. all right. So then we get to so that's the, that's the up and downs of Parlor. Then you get to my personal favorite, which is Mastodon. Mastodon Social is, let's see here, just so I get this right, it is, uh, it's a free and open source self-hosted social networking service. It 
allows anyone to host their own server node in the network and its various separately operated user bases are federated federated across many different servers. So the, the cool thing about this is if you like, have you used Reddit before, Ren? Reddit? Oh yeah, I like Reddit, yeah. Okay, so for all the people out there, you know, it, it's, it's like Reddit, where when I'm ta- when we talk about a Fed, which is short for Fediverse, think of a Reddit sub. So you go on there and there's just thousands of feds, you know, i.e. subs. And you go in there and you go into uh, DuckDuckGo and type in uh, go, type in Mastodon instances. It brings up a list called Simple, Simple List. And you can type in, you know, what do you want? What are you interested in? How big is the fed you want to join? Like, do you want to join one that has a limit of 10,000 people? Or one that has a limit of 500,000 people? Or one that has a limit of a million people? And you can actually customize what you're interested in, right? So, you know, for me, uh, the first thing I was looking up, like I was looking up things for uh, open source, things for, you know, privacy related, stuff like that, right? So you can find, it's like, it's almost like, you know, you're in Reddit and you're like, all right, you know what? I'm really into video games. So you go in and you join a video game fed. And all of a sudden you go in there and, you know, it's cool because all of a sudden all the people in there are into video games. They're talking about video games. It's very easy to, uh, it's very easy to, you know, everyone's talking about what you're interested in. It's active. It's easy to meet people. So it's not just, you know, you get dropped into a place like Twitter where there's absolutely no one talking and you're not following when you want you don't know what to do. Because in this sense, you get dropped into a video game fed and all of a sudden everyone's talking in the, in the video game timeline. So you can see everything people are saying, you're like, oh, that's cool, that's cool too. And you start responding to it, asking this person and following that person. The next thing you know, you're rocking and rolling, you're having a good time and it's actually very fun. So, you know, uh, I know that for Ren, we're, me and Ren are going to be joining the Art Fed probably. I know that we've been trying to. Last time we tried, it was closed. Uh, what, what I mean by closed is they weren't accepting any more people into the one of the Art Feds we were trying to get into because it was so popular. But, you know, there's an Art Federation, there's an Open Source Federation, there's a Privacy Federation, there's Bitcoin Federations. They're everything, everything out there you can think of, you know, porn, everything is there. Even have ones that are just like generalistic ones where they just say general, where you can join a general fed, which just turns into something like Twitter or Parler, and everybody is just talking about everything, right? So that is very cool. And so what happens is that you have what's called your home instance or your home federation. For example, our home one would say be the video games we're talking about. And you're talking to all these people about video games and you're allowed to talk about everything else. But you're talking about video games, hanging out with your friends, talking in that fed with, you know, say 20,000 people in your, your federation instance. Then you can go uh, you can go from your local timeline, you can go to what's called your, fed, your federated timeline. Basically, it's like now you're you can talk to anyone in any federation. So it takes all these thousands of feds and it joins them into one massive timeline. So it's almost like one massive, massive Twitter. And everyone's talking about everything. And you can just talk to everybody about everything all you want in the federated timeline if you want to talk to people outside of your fed from the art federation. So it's very cool that way where you know you can find a home that you like. You can hang out in that fed, 
you can meet some really cool people and if you want to talk about other things you can just you know hit the federated timeline up and look to you know just chat with everybody it's actually just a lot of fun and there's moderation on there like each fed has or can have their own set of rules because you have the moderators that set the rules for each fed so like no spam or no bots or no porn or no fucking idiots stuff like that and you know what i'm in a fed right now that only has a limit of like i think like 20,000 people and it's it's like twitter used to be back in the day where it was fun where it's like you know it's i i, I compared to living in a big city versus living in a small town you know you, when you go into those smaller feds with only 10,000 15,000 20,000 people it's like living in a small town everyone knows your name you're hanging out everybody is talking to each other they're chill they're always laughing having a good time and when you post something people actually read it people respond to it people start re- well, well not retweeting what they call it boosting it's just a lot of fun people actually interact and talk with you versus living in the big city which is going to the federated timeline or going to a giant federation instance that has like 500,000 people like mastodon.social or you know and going into places like you know like twitter and parlor where there's so many people in there you say something and like no one even talks to you anyway They're like nine times out of ten people just they don't react to your stuff they don't know sometimes they don't even respond to you and it just gets lost in you know the it just gets lost in the echo chamber and that's what I really like about Mastodon is that, you know, you have those small subs, you know, IE feds, where it's like a little home and everyone's hanging out, having a good time. And you have that small community feeling again. It's actually really fun. Pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. So that's the three. Now, the, you know, honestly, I can't really think of a downside to Mastodon uh, altogether. I know it's got a lot of people. I don't know how many tens of millions or whatever people it's got on Mastodon exactly but it's not it's obviously not as big as Twitter but it's the second biggest microblogging platform out there it's bigger than Parler um, I don't know how many people are on it right now because basically there's so many feds and people are joining all the time it's actually hard to keep track of who how many people are actually using it but Mastodon's really big Parlor's only got about 10 million people, and Twitter's got 300 million people, and Shipbook has like 2 billion people. But I mean, Shipbook is like an entire episode by itself. It's just there's so many Mark Zuckerberg and all that other crap. Oh, you know what? All, all like we we're saying earlier, Mastodon since it's free and open source. There's no ads. There's no fees. There's no vested interests, there's no CEOs, there's no one trying to push an agenda, there's people not trying to be censored, you're not being fed ads. It's really cool. It's, you, know, you don't get ads like you get in Twitter, like you get in Parler. You just get straight up communication, just hanging out with other people. Very How very long has that one been out? Mastodon came out... No, no, I don't. Uh, came out in 2016, so four oh, years wow. ago. Oh, wow, okay. They're doing pretty it's good for, for being four new. Years. Yeah, it's, it's actually really cool. And it's it's that's the one I enjoy the most. I've met a lot of really cool people and had a lot of fun in Mastodon so far. So the one thing is right wing, the other thing is left wing. What is Mastodon? Everything wing? <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. But you know what the thing is with with Mastodon, if you want to drink, a, if you want to join a left wing Fediverse, they're there. If you want to join a, a right wing Fediverse, 
they're there. If you want to join a Fediverse where one of the rules is, you know, no politics, you can find one that has a rule that says no politics. So if you're sick and tired of going on Twitter and you're sick and tired of going on fucking Parlor and all you hear about is politics and bullshit and Trump and Biden and all that crap, you can join a Fediverse where you don't even have to listen to that stuff anymore. Mm. So, right. so, so, so those other two aren't places. I don't know. So the one, so the, the other two places are places where like-minded people only are in each one, and so they're just spinning each other up and winding each other up and just talking to each other about what they want to talk about and what they. I don't know. I think Mastodon sounds better where you can just say whatever you want. Well, yeah. So. It's- those, the other two have become echo chambers, which is exactly what you're saying. They just echo each, they just echo what each other are saying, and it just becomes, you know, a cacophony of noise of just them, you know, repeating each other, you know, an echo chamber. Also on Twitter, I'm pretty sure Parler works like this too. I, I'm pretty sure it does, but I'm not 100%. Twitter has an algorithm where it takes the most popular people's tweets and puts them to the top of your, 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 uh, your feed so if Trump if President Trump says something every time you're looking at something that you know he said something about or you're talking about politics his post is always going to be the very top getting the most attention uh, and people that have the most re uh, most retweets and stuff like that theirs gets boosted up the timeline so it, again it's an echo chamber people that are saying them you know, people that are popular like movie stars and Trump and all those other people are the top of your fun to do your timeline and it's an algorithm it's for whoever whoever gets the most attention the more attention you get the, the higher up the food chain you are the more people are going to see you versus if you want to just you know see what everybody's saying well you're not going to see what average joe's saying because he's going to be at the bottom of the goddamn timeline now mastodon deliberately does not do that they have what's called um i can't remember what you call it, basically a natural timeline where if i post something and president trump trump posted something well guess what president trump's post is going to be below mine because i posted before him i posted at 355 and he posted at four o'clock so it's not skewed towards more popular people or people who have official accounts and all this other crap everyone's on an equal playing field hmm. that's pretty good to know i like that yeah it is it's pretty cool so those are the three platform guys we've been talking about like I said mastodon google it parlor uh and twitter haven't done a podcast in a little while just because i've been getting some shit done and had some had some stuff going on i'm gonna try and do it on a regular basis if i keep doing the podcasting and Ren is a very good friend of mine. She does very, very awesome, professional, lovely artwork. And her podcast is called Ren on Paper. That's what it's yes, called, right? Yeah. Podcast. Yeah. Ren, Ren on Paper. And the last one we did, we we sometimes co-host on each other's. And I was, she co-hosted me on hers. And the last one was on. I think it was basically a lot. You know, it was just more or less like a free rolling introduction to you know the love of art, the love of drawing, what what you really like and what you're into. Isn't yeah, it? and we touched on creativity because art is a creative language. So we touched on creativity and where you can find it in the most unusual, unlikely places, like a video game. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. Minecraft. So we're we're talking a lot about Minecraft and uh, Ren's 
always trying to get me into Minecraft, and God knows I try. I don't know. I've, <laughs> I try. I try so goddamn hard to get into Minecraft. Well, it <sighs> took me a long time too. Well, I've been playing it for years too, but I, like we've gone into this before. But she likes the creativity, and you know what? A lot of people love the creativity of Minecraft because people have built like entire cities in Minecraft. I just find that as an artist, I have more fun actually drawing things versus uh, being in Minecraft with building with blocks all the time. But I mean, that's something for a completely different episode. But I've tried. I have tried. Minecraft so hard. Hey, there, there's one thing I'd like to say about that. I think that you uh, are not very gullible. You know, you're pretty smart, and so when you play Minecraft, you're seeing it very different than than I see it. I am very gullible, and so when I'm in there, I feel like I'm really there. And so when zombies and enders and husks and undead and all these drowned people are coming after me i am in terror as if they really are and you're just like hovering above that like oh yeah those are just you know that's stupid but uh it's just i think i like it because i am just so pulled right in as if it's real <laughs> yeah yeah i don't think you're gullible i think the better word is you're so immersed mm, okay right and the thing about me I find with Minecraft, we're not going to go all to on, the, along, on this too long, but I find, you know what, I'm the kind of person that generates the world. It's like, okay, yawn. I can go over the same, I can go over that hill over there and I see the same duck and I see the same pig and I see the same tree. Like, yawn. Big deal. I mean, I can dig into the earth, whoopee, I'm going to find the same dirt and rocks. And there's nothing exciting ever happens in Minecraft so and everybody does the same thing they go into Minecraft they're like what do you do okay I'm gonna build my house out of dirt so you build your house and you start doing whatever it's just it's like then what you just kind of sit there like there's nothing uh, like an MMO like Guild Wars 2 or World of Warcraft is, is gonna happen where uh, you know an event starts up or a giant boss comes along you know not one that's not like some blocky green goop thing that doesn't really do anything and it's you know it's something that's exciting or you go across a body of water and there's like these pirates building a ship and something's happening over there so you know i go over the scene i go over the mountain i go over the next hill and what do i see i see more ducks i see more trees i see another pig and then i see another cow it's like the same thing i saw three mountains ago it just doesn't interest me and i've tried but I'm gonna try, uh, I know I got some mods for Minecraft, and I will try getting into it again, and we'll see. I mean, I've tried. I like Guild Wars 2, and if, for these people out here listening, I don't have my computer on my computer right now, which is an absolute hell on earth for me. Because my mother blew up, my, my motherboard blew up and decided to, uh, decided to end its life, and die on me <sighs> you make so, it sound like your motherboard me. committed suicide <laughs> it did it le- you know what it's i i it, it left me <laughs> it abandoned you it jumped ship <laughs> you know i i'm almost i'm more mad at it than anything because you know it, it left me with nothing but my ipad and 
my uh, I, I, all my entertainment I get all my movies online I get my music online I play my games online I, you know I hang out with a ran online I can't do you know the, the, the games on iPad are ugh, fucking garbage I mean at best they're bad so you feel <laughs> like your hands are tied and you're a prisoner <laughs> yeah and you know and, and it like you know I I can't really find any movies on iPad because you know I don't have I don't subscribe to Disney or HBO Plus or any other stuff. So you have to try and find streaming stuff on YouTube. And when you're trying to do that, even if you can find something to watch on YouTube, like a, a full movie, which is hard enough, you get like commercials and ads like every seven every seven minutes. It's like stop. Oh, another ad, another ad, another ad, another ad. It just drives me crazy. <laughs> <sighs> and I don't have Guild Wars 2, which is my main thing that I like to play and chill with. So, anyway, this was the podcast about Twitter Parlor and <laughs> Mastodon, so I'm going to shut up about, about fucking Minecraft and all this other stuff we're talking about. That's, that's for another episode. I don't, I don't even know what we're going to talk about next yet, next episode. Maybe I don't know. could talk about... Black Lives Matter, we could talk about millennials, we could talk about aliens again, I have no idea, but I will let you guys know. So, thank you, Ren, for coming on. Hope you guys enjoy, and we will catch up with you All next right. time. Thanks a lot. Alright, see you guys later. discussing today so let's get to it shall we aliens are they real are they fake is it just some bullshit people make up pranksters hoaxers all that crap well you gotta really think about it right you know I just fucking I just finished watching that new documentary phenomenon and for you know what for all you people out there that are thinking about watching it <laughs> don't it's just a bunch of rehashed crap that you've seen on all the other alien TV shows and you've seen in all the alien documentaries right I mean there's absolutely nothing new in that whole goddamn thing it's like an hour and 40 minutes long I sat through it not one bloody thing is new in it now that being said, for the uninitiated, or the people that haven't really looked into this that much, right, the alien phenomenon has been going on for a long time, very long time, even before World War II, but it came to prominence mostly because of the Roswell crash in 1947, that's when shit really hit the fan, right? I mean, that's when, you know, you had the United States government, it was probably all like, you know, like... You know, going off of this thing. But, what really happened is, at first you had a crash in Roswell, on this rancher's farm in New Mexico. So, what happened? He found some debris out in his field. He found, you know, allegedly, you know, a 
fucking crash ship. You know, we're talking E.T. call home shit. A fucking UFO. Not no goddamn weather balloon. I mean, how you could mistake a goddamn UFO like a flying saucer from another planet for a weather balloon. Or tell the public it's that. You, A, have to be really dumb. Or B, you have to fucking believe everyone else is really dumb. Anyway, I digress. So, this farmer found wreckage of a flying saucer in 47 in Roswell, New Mexico on his ranch. So he went and he recorded it, uh, reported it to the local sheriff, right? The local sheriff came and looked at it, and he didn't know what to make of it. He was just freaked out. And he went to local Air Force Base, I think it was Fort Patterson Air Force Base, that was like right beside, or pretty close to this rancher's place, right? And he brought it to Patterson Air Force Base, and he said, hey, you know, you look at this stuff, you guys, like, you know, I don't know what it is, well, I don't know what to do with it, is it, is it yours? The reason he brought it there is even though it was a UFO. I mean, a UFO, by definition, is an unidentified flying object. He wasn't jumping to the conclusion that maybe it was aliens, although he certainly thought it was. He was thinking, you know, maybe this is, you know, the Air Forces. Maybe this is, you know, United States property. And it's just, you know, some secret program that they're flying, you know, some new crazy stuff out there. And it crashed on this dude's ranch. And he's coming to tell the Air Force about it, saying, hey, you know what, uh, we might have some stuff of yours. So, anyway, that wasn't the case. I think the Air Force was like, holy fuck, you know, it's happening. So anyway, they uh, went out there, and they saw this stuff. And there's headlines in the local newspapers. In the newspapers, they there's front page news. It was uh, front page news all over the world. And it was, you know, United States Army finds crashed flying saucer. Right? Big news. I mean, holy fuck, they just found a fucking saucer. ET's here. <laughs> Shit. It's going down. It's going down, boys. And then, not even 48 hours later, they retract their story and say, oh, it wasn't, it wasn't a flying saucer, you know, we were all just really high. And, uh, you know, the rancher, he was drunk, you know, Hillbilly Jim was out there just fucking, you know, playing on his banjo a little too much in the sun. And it's just a weather balloon. So, you know, Shut the fuck up, nothing here to see, okay? Okie dokie, let's call a day. Right. So that's what you have that kicked it off all the beginning was the Roswell crash. That was the big, you know, the big one that brought it into the mainstream. Ever since then, people have been disputing it because, well, let's face it, who is going to mistake a flying saucer for a goddamn weather balloon. I mean, you could go to a class of preschool children and 
say, Hey Timmy, does that look like a big fucking UFO or a shiny disc over there? Or does that look like one of the birthday balloons, you know, that you saw at your, you know, at your party when you turned four? Little Timmy's gonna know that, yeah, it's not a goddamn birthday balloon. saying aliens. We're saying UFOs, unidentified flying objects. Obviously, probably have fucking aliens in them. But I mean, hey, let's just go with UFOs. So, anyway, and you have a lot of these things where these people that report them, they don't have, they have no monetary gain to get out of this. Because most people that are going to come forward and say, Hey, you know what? I saw a UFO! You know, um, they're not going to get any money for it. What they're going to get is ridicule. They're going to get laughed at. They could lose their job. Their friends and family are going to call them quacks. Call them morons. Say, you know what? You're probably fucking high. Or you're doing drugs. Or both. Or you got a, you know, mental illness. So why would people come forward with this? You know, if there's... Why do these people come forward with this? And say they've said... They've seen what they've seen. They're not doing it for money. Because if they were lying and they were doing it for money... Uh, first of all, like I just said, they're not going to be making any money off it. You might get it picked up by, you know, like the National Enquirer. Or, you know... Some shitty website or podcast. <laughs> no one's contacted me yet. If you're listening, I'm open to it. Anyway, uh, they're not going to get any money for it. And I'm not going to give you any money for it. Just a footnote. And they're not going to get any fame or recognition for it. It's probably going to do, if anything, it's going to destroy their lives. Not enrich their lives. That right there is a big argument for... Uh, legitimacy of these things. These people that are coming forward to you and all these fucking phones you've got recordings, you know, iPhones, Android phones, camcorders, you know, you name it. The military, I don't know the names exactly, but it was A-tip. There is, um, a TV show that's been running now. It's in its second season. I wish I knew what it was called right off the top of my head. I don't because my computer uh, blew up and all I have right now is my iPad. Anyway, uh, it is to former, the guy that was the form, former head of ATIP, which was a government, uh, a government run program looking into unidentified flying objects. 
which the government admits. I mean, it's real. Go there. Fucking Google it. A-A-T-I-P. A-T-I-P. And there's another guy. Uh, can't remember his name. Big guy. You know, very prominent from the American government that's always on the show with him. And he's the one that got some of this shit declassified. They bring forward. The New York Times broke it after it was given to them by the you know, one of the guys on the show that was in the government. He uh, got it basically as a favor and gave it to the New York Times to break. And it shows, you know, these F-16 fighters, what the, you know, they're they're locked on to this thing they call it a Tic Tac, which is what they, their name for the UFO because that's what it looks like. It looks like a Tic Tac shaped UFO that's shiny and metallic, right? And it is on goddamn fucking camera. Like, it's on video footage from an F-16 fighter pilot from the U.S. military. And the government admitted this is real. They put it out there and said, yes, this is legitimate footage. We don't know what the fuck this thing is, but it's out there and the pilots are all freaking out. Holy fuck, do you see this thing? Holy shit. You know, and they're just watching this thing. And it's doing loop-de-loops in the fucking air. It's turning on its fucking side. It's going way faster than the F-16 can. And there's, there's goddamn footage of it. I mean, how do you dispute that? I mean, you, you, you just can't. It's irrefutable. It's on camera. It's admitted to by the government. It's real. Okay. So they released that. And there's a second clip they released. I can't remember, can't remember the second clip, but the one I was just talking about, right? So, I mean, we literally have UFOs being finally admitted by the government. Now... Some people are still out there saying, you know, they're saying, oh, fucking aliens aren't real, it's all just a hoax, you know, it's all just, you know, little green men or nothing, but, you know, things that are run around in fucking comic books, and, you know, on Saturday morning cartoons. Well, you know what, uh, I would try to be, uh, I, I could be a devil's advocate or be open-minded about this. But, I mean, after the American government's come forward and we have actual footage of UFOs, uh, if you say that aliens aren't real, I mean, you're just fucking stupid. You, you need to go, go have a chromosome sandwich, you know? Go beat your head against the wall until, you know, you get smarter. Do something. Eat paint chips. I don't know, do what you gotta do. But they're fucking real. Deal with it. If you don't think they're rocking... If you don't think they're re they're real, like I said, you're just you're stupid. Now, that all aside, what it really comes down to too is that you know in our universe, it is really uh, naive and very vain to think that we are the only goddamn things out there. I mean, in all of the creation of the universe. And from what we well, from what we know so far, space is infinite or close to infinite. They've actually come up with a new theory that it's not infinite, but you know, whatever. Of all the trillions and billions of stars, galaxies, solar systems, and now they're even talking about how we have multi dimensions. 
multi multi dimensions on top of that to be arrogant enough to say that fuck yeah we're the only fucking life in the universe us I mean ludicrous absolutely just fucking ludicrous ludicrous errant just arrogant stupid bullshit now I mean we could say that you know going back in time you know uh, going back you know to you know maybe even the 19 or 1800s 1700s 1600s etc etc I mean back then people didn't know any better they listened to the church you did what the fucking church told you or they'd kill you so and you just couldn't explain things. I mean, they didn't know what fucking... They didn't know what thunder and lightning was. So that was Thor striking his hammer. And, you know, that's where thunder and lightning came from. And the unexplainable was explained by, you know, fairy tales. You know, gods running around in the sky, people sitting on clouds, playing harps. You know, all that other retarded shit. But nowadays... We know better, and you can't explain these things. So, to think that we're the only ones out there is preposterous. I think it might just be a matter of time until we actually do get, you know, visitation, where we legit have, you know, alien life not being so aloof to the point where, you know, they... Right now, I think they're honestly trying to avoid us. I really do. They're, they're invent. You know what? It's kind of like if you look at what if we were an advanced civilization, looking at a very what do you call it? Uh, rudimentary civilization, right? We'd be doing the same thing they are. Okay, it's kind of like Star Trek. They laid it out very well. You would, we would be. They are acting like scientists. Okay, they're coming, they're observing, they're taking notes, they're seeing what we're doing, they're watching us, you know, and they're staying out of our affairs. Now, you're probably thinking, why are they staying out of our shit? Well, let's face it, if they were um, aggressive, if they were predatory, I mean, they would have just landed and started fucking War of the Worlds by now and, you know, stomp a mud hole in our ass and that would have been the end of it. We're dead. If they can do intergalactic fucking travel, okay, and we can barely get to the moon without blowing ourselves up on a fucking regular basis, we don't stand a snowball's chance in hell if they decided to invade. You know, they'd be like, hey, we're here, motherfuckers. This is our planet. You're done. You're going to be slaves or you're dead. Or both. <laughs> so anyway, the reason that they don't reveal themselves openly if you're a scientist and you were looking at this and you're watching a rudimentary civilization, they're not ready to handle the truth. Okay? They're not ready to, you know, even grasp the concept that there is other life out there, not of their world, not even in, you know, that they've even conceived of yet. That is far, far more advanced than they are. So, 
if you bumped into a civilization like that, like, you know, if you had that rudimentary civilization and you presented yourself, the only thing you're going to do is scare the living shit out of these poor people, these beings, whatever, whatever it is you're watching. They're gonna run around with their hair on fire screaming, holy shit, the world's coming to end, there's fucking aliens here, we're all dead. And they're probably gonna, you know, end up killing each other in the process because the whole planet is gonna go into a panic. There's gonna be chaos, anarchy, you know, people are gonna die. Nothing good is going to fucking come of it. It's just gonna be mass chaos and just outright anarchy. The governments of these beings, if they have governments, because, you know, we're talking about civilizations that are at the point, kind of like where we are now. The governments or their governing bodies aren't going to be able to control these people. Uh, They're not going to be able to, you know, they're not going to be able to keep a handle on the situation. So, that is why I think that, you know, if there is extraterrestrial life, they're visiting the planet, they're observing, and that's why they're not interacting. That's why they haven't revealed themselves, is because right now, the human race is not ready to interact with these people. Uh, I mean, let's face it, we're just a bunch of savage little fucking monkeys that like to shoot at each other and kill each other over lines in the sand and fairy tales that we call gods. I mean, we really haven't evolved that much. I mean, we're still one step away from monkeys fucking throwing shit at each other. Except now we have guns and bombs. And we have, uh, you know, nuclear warheads and shit like that. We're just more dangerous monkeys. Not much more intelligent, just more dangerous. We still like to kill each other. We still like to throw shit at each other. We still like to hit each other with sticks. We just have bigger, better sticks now. So, we're just not ready to meet extraterrestrial life yet. I think that, you know, it's like you take the Star Trek philosophy where you, if you see another civilization, uh, what has to happen, according to Star Trek lore, more or less, I'm not, I'm not some big Star Trek fan, so don't quote me on this shit, but more or less what happens is that when they see other, when they see other civilizations, they don't make contact with these other civilizations until they have developed basically interplanetary travel, where they have developed the means to get off their own planet, get into space, and travel, and they have technology and the means to do this, then basically the Federation will say, hey, yo, we exist. And that way they know that they're ready to handle meeting other beings, other life forms. They know they're ready to handle it. And that could very well be what the aliens are doing if they're visiting Earth, is they're waiting for us to evolve to the point where, like I said, we're ready to meet them. So, that's what I think. I think that anyone who thinks that they're not real, 
you know, they're, you know, uh, extraterrestrial deniers, so to speak. Yeah, well, you're a moron. I wouldn't, I would try to play devil's advocate and, you know, argue their side too. But, I mean, we have evidence from the goddamn American government. And governments all over the world, for that fact. Not even just the American government. We have evidence from governments all over the world. You know, it's like trying to it's like trying to argue we live on a fucking flat earth. You know, there's no argument for it. Period. End of goddamn story, Corky. So... Aliens real? Yeah, I think they are. You know what? I mean, they might not be interacting with us just because we're a bunch of morons. I mean, look at us. Like I said, we're a bunch of fucking really violent monkeys. They're flinging shit at each other. They might just fucking be flying by and looking at us and going, holy fuck, look at these retards. I mean, <laughs> why do we want to contact them? They might be just flying by and going, hey, let's fucking get some popcorn, you know, kick back, put her feet up on the sofa and watch what they're doing today. Hey, look! They're, uh, disemboweling pumpkins and they're shoving bread up chickens' asses. You know, for Thanksgiving and Halloween. These guys are fucking awesome to sit here and watch. I mean, it's just great entertainment. I mean, they might not want to contact us. Or, you know, they might be looking at us like, you know what? These guys are a great biological weapon. You know what? We could scoop up some of these little fuckers and sprinkle them over a planet like a donut. And you know what? They'd fucking wipe out our enemies for us. We wouldn't have to do anything. All we'd have to say is, hey guys, look, there's resources over there. Go, 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 go. And we'd be like, yeah, 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 yeah. And we'd fucking run off and kill everything on the fucking planet so that we could get shiny rocks like gold. Yeah. If you think that's not plausible. <laughs> Welcome to the Aztecs and the fucking Mayans. We've already done it. To ourselves and each other. So, tell me what you think. Leave a comment. I'm out.